Alright. Alright, let me okay. see. Alright, I'm good. Uh, I guess we didn't talk about what we were going to talk about on the podcast. Oh, but yeah. I, I, that, that, would, that would be a good good carryover months later of, of not well, doing I the th- podcast. We were, yeah, we we were we were on like part four of a series that we were doing, right? So we're just going <laughs> to continue on. Continue on. <laughs> so September of 2017, where were we? <laughs> uh, well, the Cubs, they were just turning the corner. So let's dig right into the playoff hunt. <laughs> I think they might might pull this off. Yeah, I don't know. This, I, I think they, if they get past Washington, it's going to take a lot of luck in my mind. Oh, no way. The, what, are they going to play the Dodgers? The Dodgers stink. They'll crush them. <laughs> <laughs> that bullpen, the Cubs bullpen, yeah. I, I really like it. They're throwing strikes. Uh, the bats. <laughs> They're getting locked in at the right yeah, time. Yeah, the bats are handling velocity. I, I really think that this is a good matchup for them. <laughs> the stars will really carry them. Yep. Oh, yes. I mean, they always do. They, they, they'll show up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh all right well yeah it, this is limited range back after uh how many months is that is that a record has it been six months it's a record over uh yeah months, i think it was like months. it was either the end of august or the beginning of september it was sufficiently long that like as we start talking here and i'm like okay yeah we sort of banter at the beginning oh is my thing recording <laughs> oh yeah i think it's recording okay as my okay yeah what am i supposed to do now it's so it's it's been a you know, it's been a bit. Yeah, uh, I guess th- some things have changed. Uh, the Cubs have a new closer. The Cubs have a new starter. They have a new leadoff man, leadoff men. Uh, or, and, or but you know what they. hasn't changed? Yeah. So <laughs> they, that hasn't changed. What, yeah. what hasn't changed is that Cubs fans are frustrated by the beginning of the season, the way the Cubs have started, and are panicking, and... Uh, and it's uh, I guess that that'll never change, right? Any any down swing, any poor play, and and let's let's be perfectly honest here. Like the Cubs haven't looked that great early on. It's not like there was that game in Miami, right? Uh, game three was it? Uh, game four, where they hit the crap out of the ball, right? That's the one I'm thinking of. Game four, where they hit the crap out of the ball and everything was an out. That was, I feel like that's the the lone game where you can point to and say, hey, things just didn't go the Cubs' way as far as in a loss. The rest has just been, yeah, I mean, it, those are games that could either go, that could go either way or it, or things did go the Cubs' way, right? I haven't been overly impressed. And honestly, I haven't been overly disappointed with the team as a whole in a sense that, I don't say look at them and say uh, I will say this I and I tweeted this out and I got so much hell for it, <laughs> but uh, Friday so it must have been yeah last Friday they got shut out for nothing right you remember this game mm-hmm. ugly game weather was crappy in Chicago and they didn't look like a good team and I remember sitting there watching them and thinking to myself if you had been if you didn't know anything 
or if you if you didn't know anything about the Cubs' recent past, right? And you were just dropped down here after not watching baseball for the past five years, but you knew enough about baseball and you watched them, and you're like, yeah, th- you would watch that game and say, this is not a good team. You would watch you Darvish and say, yeah, that's not a very good pitcher because what was he doing? He was going to a slider that uh, three times out of four wasn't doing what a slider is supposed to do, right? And he just kept repeatedly going to it, going to it, going to it, like that was his only breaking pitch. And uh, and I tweeted something out after three innings of Saturday's game, which, as we all remember, was <laughs> god-awful early on for the Cubs, and basically said, if you didn't know anything about this team... Uh, you, the, you, there would be no, there would be no evidence that it was a good team, right? If you, and and my point was, they are playing really crappy right now. Not that they are a crappy team. Not that they will be a crappy team. Not that this was a poorly built team. Nothing. It wasn't a co- commentary on, on the team as a whole. But oh my dear lord, a it fed the fans that love to hear the negative and that have been screaming the negative since game one. And B it it got the fans who who uh, really can't stand anything negative being said, uh, freaked out and, and got mad at me and said I was overreacting. And 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 it, it came to the point where it's like, you know, I, I'm allowed to say that they look bad. Is that wrong? Am I not allowed to say that? Can I not? You know, I wasn't saying that this is a permanent state of affairs for the Cubs. Just that, wow, it's been rough to watch Friday and early Saturday. And then the tables turned, of course. We all know what happened on Saturday. But And it, and if you were watching that second half, I'm not sure if you would have said, wow, this is a really good Cubs team. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't think you'd watch that eighth inning and say, yeah, wow, this Cubs team knows how to play baseball. It's not like it was pretty, that win. It's not like anything's really been pretty this year. There's been one or two games where uh, the guys looked locked in. Uh, but outside of that, it's been... It's been really sloppy, sloppy baseball, uh, starters struggling to go deep, uh, lack of clutch hitting situations, situational hitting. It's the same issues as the beginning of last year. And I think that's why I understand fans' frustration a lot more than I have at previous times. And again, I'm not saying burn it down, this guy's a bum, this guy will never figure it out. None of that. I When, when people scream and yell that this guy needs to be traded or all that stuff... It, I was getting that after the first series about Javier Baez. Let's remember that first series. Javier Baez is a bum because he had one hit in, in 20 plate appearances or something like that. Right. That's what I'm sure you were getting those comments too, about what's, why do we waste our time with Javier Baez, all that stuff. I mean, I think the thing that I've, that I realized now in retrospect that we've had um, all these years of the rebuild and then the three, hopefully four competitive years Um, all sort of now happening in the social media era is I think there was a large segment of fans that were always like this. It just so happens that in 2016, for example, the Cubs got off to that torrid, ridiculous, record-setting start. So there really wasn't a lot to bitch about. And then 2015, similarly, sort of, it was a corner turning. There was a lot of early promotions to be excited about. Again, tamped down the bitching. When they struggled last year, they struggled this year, you realize, oh yeah, people were doing the same thing and saying the same things during the years of the rebuild. It's just that the Cubs actually were bad, right? So like now, (laughs) we, folks like you and me, those of us who are tuned into the team, we probably key on that negative stuff even more because 
on a gut level, we're like, well, no, 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 we don't actually believe that this is a bad team. Like, we don't believe this is a poor talent team. It's just, you know, they're they're playing poorly right now. And you, dear Twitter sir, whoever you may be that's <laughs> yelling at me about the lineup, that, I mean, I'm just a dude who writes stuff, man. Uh, <laughs> you do not appreciate that nuanced distinction between this team looks bad right now or this team is playing poorly right now or that was a mistake or whatever it is. And this is a team that I project to not win many games this year. Because then ultimately, that's, yeah. when we say like this isn't a good team or this is a good team, we're just saying in a probabilistic way, we think that this team will probably, you know, will win X number of games. And it, I think the beginnings of the year are especially hard on baseball fans because, you know, you come out of football season, every game, so important, so critical. And you cannot possibly go to the postseason if you lose a few games. Baseball, you're going to lose a few games immediately, even the very best teams. You look at the Nationals and the Dodgers, who have crummy records already as well. I don't, I don't think any Cubs fan is out there saying, oh, boy, those teams are terrible. Uh, <laughs> well, no, uh, I've already gotten comments. No, I've gotten comments like, uh, you, you don't see the Dodgers struggling like this. And I'm like, well, I, apparently you didn't even bother <laughs> to fact check your comment. You're just throwing, pulling things out of your ass. So, <laughs> so I've definitely gotten that comment before. And then there's this additional layer this year. Like, so last year when this was happening, it was very easy to, at worst, if you, if you were an analyst and wanted to buy into a little bit of, yeah, they actually are maybe not playing very well and they don't look great. It was pretty easy to just sort of blanket label that the hangover and say, well, different preparation in the offseason, different set of readiness, different physical readiness. You know, that's just what it is. This year, obviously, we don't have that available, which I actually like because it, it, became, it became a crutch, I think, last year in terms of analyzing what was going on. Although I do think there was legitimacy to the hangover effect. I, I also think that sometimes we got away from some of the granular stuff because it was like, well, you know, it's a hangover, they'll be fine. And then they were fine. So that just became a really simplistic storyline for the year. Whereas this year... What I think it may soon happen, and it'll probably end sooner, but like the weather thing is probably going to become the new, well, you know, I don't know how much signal there is because there's the weather stuff. How can guys perform consistently when they're, they're playing, then they're not playing, they're playing in 20 degrees, there's wind. And it's like, I think, and I've been, so I've been mulling this in advance of this conversation, but like, so I think I buy that it's very hard to evaluate player performance given the erratic games and the game conditions. But I don't think it's unfair to, to, like you did, observe a game, observe two teams playing in the same conditions on that given day, and sort of you get that sense of like, okay, how do these teams look? Do, uh, what's, how, do they, how do they feel in terms of what a good team should look like even granting the conditions? And so that's what's been... I don't know, disappointing is too strong a word. That's the one bit about the start of this season that has stuck with me is that there have been times when it just looks like the even if it is the conditions, the the Cubs are, I don't know, succumbing to it a little bit more than their opponents. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and there's some underlying statistics that are frustrating about it. There, you know, there there there's a lot of soft contact with this team. Uh, like I said, it was that one game in Miami where it was that was a lot of hard luck, right? 
Uh, I mean, they they were knocking the crap out of that ball that day. I remember thinking, like, you know what? That's a loss, but they they looked good. They looked good on offense. It's going to come, and they'll be fine. And since then, I haven't really felt that way. Uh, meek contact majority of the time. I, I mean, go look at the numbers of soft contact, lack of hard contact. It's It doesn't look good right so far for the Cubs. And there's just weird things going on. There's, you know, they they swing and miss a lot, and they don't chase a lot. It's not like this is a team that doesn't know the strike zone. They're missing a lot of pitches in the zone. And those are things that I wonder, is that a swing flaw? Is that randomness? Is that bad luck? And those are things that, you know, you want to watch and try and see even out over the season. I mean, Ian Happ's the biggest example of that. He doesn't chase that much. He's not, the swing and miss isn't because he doesn't know the strike zone. Go, I mean, he, I'm going to try and write something about this tonight, but he's, He's swinging and missing at insane rates at fastballs in the zone. And it's not something that happened last year. So, uh, well, and it showed, I mean, just as an example, last night, Adam Wainwright is getting it up there nowadays at what, 90 miles an hour? Yeah. And in the upper third of the zone, I, like, you know, I tweeted this during the game. You know, Hap's had some bad at bats this year, but yeah. he had some against Wainwright last night that just looked shocking. Like, yeah. he was just completely swinging through. Very hittable pitches. Some of those curveballs were hanging curveballs that he was throwing to him, and he just missed them. Uh, yeah. And and this is a guy who, you know, I mean, I know he has a funky swing, and and it can look a little loopy, but the reality is he, he's adjusted it enough that it's not out of the zone as much as it used to be. Now, did he, did he go back and develop, like, did, it, did some bad habits, you know, creep back in? It's very possible. I need to look again. The one thing uh, I've noticed is... Uh, is when you watch the game from the press box, you don't see as many things as when you watch it on TV. And uh, and I, it was so frustrating the other day when I was sitting at home watching a game and I was like, man, I'm seeing like four different things that I know I wouldn't notice if I was in the press box. And that's really annoying. It's like, <laughs> it's my job yeah, to, I, it's... To, to be able to pick apart all these things. And, and I can't see these things from the press box, which is why I've been much more, you know, like you're, which is why having monitors and knowing where the monitors are and how long the delay is, is, is a uh, key to covering a game. As far as I'm concerned, the way I cover it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, I was I was talking to Michael about this this past week because I was in Chicago this past week and I went to all the games except uh, Saturday uh, and or no excuse me except Friday and sitting at home watching that was the U Darvish start against the Braves uh, I was sitting in our place in Chicago and I was thinking man I've been missing this ability to really track pitches really track swings yeah um, and it was like even though I was like sitting there, you know, 10 blocks from Wrigley Field, I was like kind of like kind of digging watching this on TV <laughs> right now as a bit of a break from watching it in the stands. I mean, of course, part of that is you, when when I'm you know covering the game as I do at the game, it involves, you know, some drinks, and sure. some food and yeah. some revelry and what have you. Uh, I get a little little, little more meatball at the games. <laughs> well, the funny thing is I watched that game on TV too. So we uh a uh, little side note, little uh, uh, non-baseball talk, but we uh, we sold our place and we are moving, and we oh. and so we went uh, house hunting on Friday, and then we ended up uh, 
finding a place that we liked and and we we have had our offer accepted so we are we will no longer be chicago residents i'm uh, sad to say uh that i cannot well, claim to be from chicago or living in chicago I'll, I'll say i'm from chicago but when people ask me where i live i can't say chicago anymore you know the rules brett you know the rules you live in evanston bro yep. <laughs> that's uh no. <laughs> i don't know if it's i don't that know is, if it's actually no that's uh that's oh. where i that's where i will live <laughs> oh that i was i was totally just doing like that i forget what that Duh. that was but it was like espn or cnn or whatever when someone so you remember this some dude was decrying the violence in chicago and the other guy's like dude you live in evanston yeah yeah i remember <laughs> yes uh but and now I, wow, I will be I'm totally going to drop that on you all the time now. <laughs> I'm, dude, you live in Evanston. You're the same as me now. Uh, I don't know about that. Come on now. I mean in every way. I don't even mean just that. I mean, this, we are the same. You, you ain't better than me. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, curious. I, I'd be curious your take. Uh, I mean, I know you wrote about the weather as well. Uh do you think that, or, or let's do, let's put it this way, are there particulars about this team and their performance that you would expect naturally to turn in better weather? Like that you're like, oh yeah, yeah don't worry about that part because that's going to turn. Like for example, yeah, you know what, Tyler Chatwood has he has extreme command problems. He always has. We know that. But you look at the start like last night. Do you think it was exacerbated by the cold and, and trying to hold the ball that long each inning? You know, he none of these guys are going to admit to it, uh, admit any issues. Uh, they'll say, "Yeah, it's tough," but that's what they're that's what they're going to say. Yeah, it, but the other guy has to deal with it. But uh, I still need to do my job. But um, I was still had great stuff. Blah blah blah. I mean, they're not going to admit to it. So it's really hard for me to. Uh, It'd be the type of thing where I'd have to press them uh, with a, without a recorder in their face, right? Kind of talk to them right. about it and just – and then I, I could kind of have an informed opinion. I didn't have that opportunity with Chatwood, and it's hard to do it with Darvish since he uh, he has specific times when he speaks and, he, and he, you know, English is like a second language for him. Uh, so, so I haven't had a chance to talk to any of these guys uh, that much about that. Defensively, for sure. I think uh, it, they, it's not like they've looked terrible on defense. I don't know about you, uh, how you felt about their defense. I felt it's been pretty crisp outside of, um, you know, some uh. moments in, with Ian Happ in center field. And then I want to say Saturday was a mess. But that was Saturday. Like, Saturday, we need to wipe away. Yeah, it was. Um, it, yeah, it was back in the center. Yeah. The, I don't know. I mean, eyeballing it, I, I feel like I've seen issues all across the outfield. Defense, like, that's... Uh, I don't want to be too hard on anyone in particular. I mean, Hayward's generally been Jason Hayward, but he had a couple plays in Milwaukee where it was sort of like, yeah, they oh, were, man, yeah, you usually get that. Yeah, no, I agree I with feel that. Like some, uh, yeah, Hap's, Hap's range and judgment out there has maybe not been, uh, I w- yeah. I, I wouldn't, no but I wouldn't say that. It looked last year. Yeah, I wouldn't say that Schwar- Schwarber had that bad game, game two. He's had a couple tough reads. But I, I feel like, like he's, even that. That sliding catch he made the other day, which some folks were gushing about, and I I was there for that game and watching. When you're watching, as you know, when you're watching in the park, you can see a guy's route much better. Yeah. I mean, he totally misread the ball. The only reason he was sliding it, sliding on it, was because he had just completely misread it off the bat. Yeah. So, and that's, I'm not going to pick on him for that. It's more of just a matter of I see them as basically 
what they were last year, which is, you know, you got a passable left fielder, a passable center fielder, and a great right fielder, which overall, I don't know, doesn't look great to me. Yeah, I mean, but the infield has looked sharper, although there were there there have been some seeing eye singles that you're like, man, I thought they were going to get to that, but I don't. Yeah. I, I feel like it's it's been crisper. Uh, Addy's looked better. We know what Javi yeah, can do. Yeah, he's looked much better this year. Yeah. Uh, um, Russell has much, has just looked physically better this yeah. year defensively. But I do, I mean, I guess my point is, if you think about some of the bad starts recently, uh, how much of Darvish not being able to get any feel for a slider was because of the weather. And then, it, like, that's one aspect. But my other thing is, okay, if you couldn't get any feel for your slider, why didn't you just try your curveball? I want to say he went to his curveball twice that day. Like, it's... I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah. For me, that's a, that's a little frustrating when you know you have when you're when you're struggling to f- find a pitch and you're you're a guy that has you know nearly six pitches uh, and you're not and you're not taking advantage of that. But but I guess that's a separate issue. The, the, as far as the the weather goes, yeah, I think some things will clean up. I think the primary things that'll clean up are the pitching. As far as what I've seen. I mean, theoretically, you'd say cold weather, uh, the hitting will will uh, warm up when when the weather gets better. I don't I haven't seen any signs of that, to be honest. I haven't seen like, oh, man, you know, these guys, these balls are dying or right. or, you know, they're you know, they just don't. Yeah, they just can't catch a break on offense. And, and I and I'm a big believer in this offense, too. But uh, I think defensively and with the pitching, I think you're going to see much crisper play. Not only because of the weather, just because I think like sometimes early on in a season, you know, they, they kind of it, it just takes a little while to build up. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think in general the the weather has just been disgusting, and it and it's hard to find a it's hard to get any sort of rhythm. I, I've been hearing the word rhythm so much lately. I feel like it's almost overused, but it's I think that's the reality of it. I mean, how are you supposed to? Uh, you know, baseball is a game of routine. You play 162 games over the course of a summer, and and you just get into a routine and a rhythm, and you and you go to the ballpark every day, and you have your your set things that you do every day to prepare, and then you go out there and you play, and you don't play in rain, you don't play in freezing temperatures, you don't play in snow. Like these things are not not normal. You know, and we all know that, but I think sometimes it's a little hard to process, and then it feels like excuses. And it's—I'm not saying that uh, the Cubs' only problem is the weather. I'm saying uh, if they don't look like the team that you expect them to look like, I think part of the reason is uh, all these factors that are. Uh... Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that you know. You think about like if baseball is is uh, the sport itself is ideally played in certain conditions, then the more games that are played in those certain conditions, the more chance you have for true talent to show through and sort of even things out in the end. And so we necessarily are seeing an extreme right now where if if talent is tamped down by the fact that they're playing in wonky conditions, then you'd have the more likelihood for sort of fluky randomness. And as always, they're seven and eight been a couple coin flip games. If they go the other way, suddenly they're nine and six and it's like, hey, everything is totally right with the world, even though the performance could be exactly the same. And I try to, you know, avoid that trap. And that's why it's almost like it's interesting for even for those of us who are statistically inclined, 
it's almost like early in the year you have to be more gut and eyeball based because the numbers can be so meaningless so early on that they can you know deceive you and so yeah I mean that's why I, I generally agree with you that it's it's certainly possible that the weather conditions are affecting these guys in ways that aren't um, easy for us to identify without being inside their heads. I think, you know, I look at when, when you think about the rotation specifically. So the Cubs rotation has been, in terms of results, utterly atrocious this year. I was just looking at the um, uh, 28th in war uh, so far this year, Cubs starting rotation, 0.0. They've been exactly replacement level. Um, which, yeah, of course, you know, with these five guys, that's shocking, even, even over only 15 games. Um, and so sort of thinking about them pitcher by pitcher and like, what have we seen? How do you feel just based on what you've seen? And, you know, really the only guy that the whole time I've been like, yeah, he's pitching like him and that's fine is Kyle Hendricks. He's really the only guy who threw his starts when I'm watching him. I'm like, yep, whatever the results. I'm like, yeah, he basically looks like him. Um, John Lester to me has looked a lot like he looked last year, which is, you know, Hey, look, maybe he's entering mid thirties and there's a change. He's got to work through some changes in his game because of physical changes. Cool. It'll be a process. I get it. He doesn't have to be a number one or a two forever. Um, you Darvish, he just, he hasn't commanded his pitches. And so he, he clearly hasn't had a feel for some of his breaking pitches, but he also hasn't commanded his fastball consistently. And when, when your breaking pitches are playing off of the fastball, it's, hard to have much success. Um, Jose Quintana has been down in velocity. Uh, I thought he, I thought he's looked really good at times. He's the hardest one for me to evaluate because he started that ridiculous game on Saturday and got shelled. But I mean, how do you, how do you judge anybody in those? That's, that's like the worst baseball conditions I've ever experienced. Um, Tyler Chatwood, we, we already talked about. And um, so that's, that's the crew. And, it's still surprising to see that they've been 28th in baseball in war, but um, they, we have yet to see a Cubs starting pitcher pitch what past this anywhere past the sixth inning. So it's been a slog. All right, I'm, I'm back on. Uh, we'll see if uh, how much longer we can go because because uh, my uh, audacity keeps uh, resetting on us. But uh, we can try and hit a couple more topics I, because i've been resetting so much i don't even know how long we've gone do you know uh 28 okay so, I mean, we can go about we can try and hit it yeah we can try and get a few more minutes i i mean i don't uh i guess you know it, the most frustrating part in which i've touched on already is that this is this feels like a repeat of the beginning of last year right what were the issues i mean what, what did we just see four and two thirds yesterday four and two thirds the night before that two and a uh, two and a third I guess it's been four and two thirds two and a third and four and two thirds right three straight starts with the guy failing to get go through five is that right or am I missing a game in there uh you're mis- missing about seven rainouts in there but yeah I think that's yeah right. yeah uh so so there's been you know the 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 f- rotations struggled the offense isn't doing what we know it can do and the bullpen has been lights out that's exactly what happened in the uh, when the Cubs were forty three and forty five at the break last year, <laughs> and and it's it's so when you when you know when you get panicky about these things when I say you I'm talking to the general fan watching this uh, I can I I feel you and I understand you there and it's uh, I know 
like after years of watching bad Cubs teams and covering bad Cubs teams, I've gotten accustomed to watching good Cubs baseball and expecting them to be better. So when they're not good, it's frustrating to me as well because I like to watch good baseball. And I will say that maybe this is just the brand of baseball that's you know becoming the norm, but a ton of walks and a ton of strikeouts and very few balls in play, very few hard hit balls is, is becoming a little difficult to watch as well. And, and maybe that's and that's just like an overall state of the game type thing where maybe two years ago I, I was on this. I was on the eh, you know what, let's let's not overreact. Baseball is not terrible. And maybe that's just my defense mechanism of I love baseball. Stop saying bad things about baseball uh, to people that, you know, are ripping baseball. But it's getting I, I get it. It's getting harder and harder to watch uh, when when baseball is you know when you don't see any action. Yeah. So that's a good point. That's it's a it's that I hadn't thought about that possible connection in our minds between the brand of baseball that's becoming very popular in this era. A lot of three out throughout three true outcome stuff, and teams are looking for those type of players on both sides of the ball. Um, how that correlates to what we consider like enjoyable watching of like, this is what a good team looks like. This is what sloppy play looks like. This is what, you know, uh, Cubs brand baseball, all, all of these concepts. It's interesting because as much as we see these issues, we saw them last year, we see them now. And yet the Cubs ended up with like, what a top four offensive team. They ended up with a very good pitching team. And we, only get to watch the Cubs as like, this is the team we watch all the time. So like, it makes you wonder if you could somehow sit and watch every game and sort of aggregate your feelings about watching all the games across baseball. Maybe you'd be feeling exactly the same way. Like maybe it isn't about your, your team that you happen to follow or your team that you happen to cover. Maybe it's just like, this is what baseball looks like right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting point because we also didn't mention by the way, but this sort of, falls into it too is struggles in situational hitting which which is an issue but it does kind of also go to this idea that well a different brand of baseball would manifest itself differently in in situational um situational situations that ain't a thing (laughs) uh in situations where you're, you're trying to put a ball in play or you know depending on what the pitchers are trying to do huh that's interesting that's yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna mull that uh, I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to go all negative on on this podcast. So there are a couple things that you know are great signs. I mean, Javier Baez, I think, is a great sign right now. Like he's he's made legitimate changes. Does he still you know swing out of his shoes at times? Sure, but he's not swinging at pitches outside of the zone as much, and he's really he's attacking pitches in the zone a ton. Like when there's a pitch that he sees that he likes, he's not letting it go by. So, I mean, I think it's it's less about him chasing and more about attacking pitches in the zone, which tells me he's got a little bit, at least early on, very small sample of 15 games, he's he's recognizing pitches better. So he knows when he's seeing a strike and attacking it. Uh, I think that's a great sign, making more a lot of contact. When I say a lot of contact for Javi Baez, uh, and and just you know, it's 
it's fun to watch, and I hope, like, you know, if it all crystallizes, we've talked about it in, you know, since we first did the podcast years and years ago. If it can somehow turn into something real with him, uh, it's it's going to be freakish, right? It, it's it's going to be a superstar MVP type player. So I, I've hesitated to say it could all come together because, you know, we've we've seen this, we've watched him, we know how he is. Uh, so, so I don't want to go too far here and say that it is it, this is real, but we all know what could happen if if Javi Baez really figures it out at the plate because it, he's a freak at the plate, he's a freak on defense, he's a freak on the bases. It's it's really fun to watch, and if there's anything that can really reignite baseball and make it you know make it more fun again, it's it's players like Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor, guys that play with pure joy and and have the skills to to pull off things that just make you you know make your jaw drop. So I mean he's a clear plus right now, and and just for the pure fun factor, just for the fun factor alone, he's he's a plus. Uh, and then the bullpen, and and, it, and I feel like it, I mentioned how last year in the first half the bullpen was good, but there were so many red flags, and I and I was writing about them like crazy. Like, yeah, the bullpen's doing a good job, but the other parts need to step up because look at this, this, and this: the walk rate, you know, left on base rate. They they were getting a lot of luck going their way. I'm not seeing that as much. I, I like a lot of these guys. I, I mean, I think Dunsing is proving that he last year wasn't a fluke. Steve Ciszek is is one of those guys that you just barely notice is there, right? <laughs> you, you barely notice. And I even said it to him. I'm like, you don't get any – like nobody talks about you as one of the best relievers in baseball. But go look at every year. He's like Pedro Strope. Nobody's going to talk about Pedro Strope as one of the best relievers in baseball. But every year he's going to go out there and give you quality relief innings and be consistent and not walk a ton of guys and and – and just go out there and, and do his job. And and I, I feel like Strope similar. Strope, yeah, will have walk issues at times, but both these guys just at the end of the year, you look at their numbers and it's like, yeah, that's a really good reliever. I'd love to have that guy in a bullpen. Uh, so, and, and of course, Morrow's great. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot to Edwards. I mean, have you, I, I assume you've noticed just how confident and dominant Edwards looks when he's on the mound, right? I have, There's and some... I noticed that his walk rate is currently under ten percent. Did you ever? Yeah. Did you ever think you'd see that from him? That's. I mean, if that stays that way, what's his? Uh, do you, I, I don't have it uh, up right now, but what's his uh, strikeout rate? It is you know? almost fifty percent. See, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> that won't stay there, but a, yeah. But I mean, if he's a forty percent strikeout rate guy, which I, you know, sure, elite. He's been relievers upper thirties, yeah. 30s, I, yeah. I, yeah, like if he's that and he has a sub-10 walk rate, he's a top-10 reliever in baseball? Well, especially because like, the the spin rate on his curveball and his fastball are such that he's always going to induce weak contact, too. Yeah, I mean, he is utterly nasty right now, and it's it's really fun to watch him go. Uh, the one, obviously, I know everybody loves to harp on Justin Wilson, but even I, like, I've seen some moments from him where I, I felt like we never saw it outings like some of the ones that we've seen already this year last year from him with the cubs obviously he had those moments with the tigers uh we need to see a lot more i think he's one of those guys that needs to get his confidence uh, fully back and the the team needs to have confidence in him right like joe needs to believe that he's not going to fall apart suddenly uh when he puts him in a big situation but outside of that 
Uh, I mean, Eddie Butler. I mean, come on. I know they may have found a guy in Eddie Butler. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if that's going to last. I, I don't know. I, I don't think anyone with the Cubs really expected this to happen. But oh man, uh, it's been it's been impressive to watch all these guys. Montgomery even he, Montgomery's not striking anybody out, but he's getting a ton of ground balls, and he's not walking guys as at the crazy rate that he was last year out of the bullpen. Yeah. So little things like that. Um, uh, you know, it give me hope for, for different guys, but I, I really like the composition of the bullpen and it's not all smoke and mirrors as much as it was in the first half last year. So if they can, if they can start getting the pitchers to go a little deeper, uh, I think, you know, that that's a, that's a part of the team that fans don't have to worry about as much as they were, you know, uh, you know, six months ago, nine months ago, uh, Especially Moro, Edwards, Strope, Cishek, Dunsing, right there at the back. That's that's a nice little group right there. That's a re- and I'm probably missing one guy, one or two guys, but that right there, that that's you know, those are legit relievers with a closer who looks like he, you know, he's just going to go out there and and do his job, and as long as he's healthy, he's going to be dominant. So, uh, two positives that I that I feel, and I mean, the quietest and most obvious. It's the most obvious one, but it, always we just forget that he exists because he's because he's Chris Bryant yeah. and you just expect him to be great. And because he's great, it's like, eh, it's Chris Bryant being great. <laughs> Big deal. He's that's what we expect of him. Uh, and it, it, it's true to an extent. And I'm sure he's fine with that to an extent because he expects himself to be great. But man, the kid looks even better than, than he did, you know, when he won an MVP and, Oh man, if he can keep it even kind, you know, I, I don't expect him to hit 350 this year, but man, if he if he's going to be a 300 320 hitter who strikes out 18% of the time or less, then then uh, he's yeah. he's Joey Votto. Yeah, mm-hmm. then he's, you know, he's arguably, you know, he's at a tier below, you know, when Harper and Trout are at their best, like he's right there. He's right behind them. Well, you That's a, you took all the obvious ones. So thanks. Uh, but sorry, <laughs> no, I, I want to just add two, two quick ones. They're not getting a ton of discussion, but, uh, Kyle Schwarber actually has been quite good offensively in a, in a, he, he isn't only putting up good numbers overall. It's that all of the peripherals that are supporting those numbers right now look, um, granted it is early season, but they don't look like early season numbers. Like everything across the board just looks like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. That looks like good regular production. Uh, so I've been digging that. There's no like weird thing that's inflating his numbers. He's just been overall solid. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I have really liked the way Addison Russell has looked at the plate. Um, the power hasn't been there. And in fact, he's probably the one guy that feels like he's had a lot of balls that he's hit that have looked good and then have just died. Um, yeah. But he looks very confident. He looks like he's reading the zone very well. Um, and, you know... I, I'm digging that. Not not sure if the if the if it's there's a relationship there to the lack of power, but um, I think that's it's been impressive, especially for him for the year he had last year, and then for him to look so healthy in the field. That's that's been a big plus. I'll I'll say that I I missed how good Schwarber's been doing because he because uh, the batting average kind of plummeted. Uh, and I, and I feel like I've missed a couple of his better games. Uh, he had a couple of, yeah, he had two really good games in two of the Cubs non-competitive losses. So they they sort of, yeah, they were kind of under the radar. I mean, he's got a 352 on base percentage. He's, 
walking 16.7% of the time. That's great. I mean, he, you know, I think he can get his batting average up too. He's the type of guy that, that can do that. Russell, I mean, Russell takes a lot of heat for someone that, like, I get so many complaints about him. Like, why don't they bench him and put Javi at shortstop and Zobris at second? And, and I, and then I have to go back and look. I'm like, his, did he just strike out last at bat? Like, I go back and look at the bottom. I'm like, what, did I miss something? Was he? Did he have a really ugly at bat? Why am I getting these messages? And, you know, I mean, he's not, yeah, you're right, no power. But he's he's walking a ton, too. He, he's not striking out. Yeah, I mean, these are the type of things that, like, you want to see, like, some sort of, you want to see signs that they're figuring things out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think organizing the strike zone is one of those big things and it's a really big thing for Addy. So I understand, you know, people, people want to see them come up with clutch hits. People want to see them, uh, a two twenty ish batting average, which, you know, both Russell and, and, uh, and Schwarber have isn't ideal, but I, I mean, Javi Baez has a two twenty ish batting average right now. So yeah, I mean Addison can't have hit two twenty if he's gonna have a eighty ISO, right? Right. <laughs> so, so I mean there there are ways where he, he I mean obvious clear ways where he has to get better, uh, but but there are also reasons to believe that hey this guy's figuring something out. So yeah, I, I like both of those uh, less obvious uh, positives there that that you can kind of say hey let's build upon this and and, you know get better build upon what you're doing and and you could actually you have a real nice offensive core Uh, you know and and talking about a lack of power i don't think addy doesn't have a homer and neither does uh wilson Contreras. oh yeah he's been smoking the ball so yeah he's been hitting the ball real hard uh, but there have been singles and doubles uh i mean all this stuff will change i mean wilson Contreras isn't going to be like a five homer guy this year so so uh, I like that. I, I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned Schwarber and Russell. So uh, uh, those are a couple guys that I'm going to keep uh, keep my eye on and make sure that I, I don't overlook them and assume that they're. Uh, uh, that, uh, I, I'm getting into bad habits of, of looking up at the scoreboard <laughs> and seeing their batting average and then remembering that big strikeout with men on base and <laughs> focusing on those things. Uh, so these are these are optimistic uh, views on some of those guys, but definite reasons to, to have optimism. We should, so. we should leave it there only because then the angry denizens of the Cubs fan world will hate our sunshininess that we, they will only remember <laughs> that we started with denigrating them and we ended with optimism. So it will just be, yeah. just be the, the turd sandwich of a podcast for them. How dare we, how dare we not scream that the sky is falling. <laughs> At all times. It is only falling when it is literally falling with ice and snow. And Yes. And the game is played Jeez. nevertheless. I don't have a window to look out right now uh, <laughs> to double check if it's snowing, but I believe the snow is supposed to come right around now. So so I'm going to assume that uh, that it's snowing out there and uh, everyone's miserable. Uh, sorry about that, Chicago. We'll, we'll try and be better uh, in the future. Man, this has been a brutal spring. Jeez. Uh, I, in fact, I have a cold right now, and I'm glad the game got called. And uh, I have uh, I, I won't be able to go tomorrow because I have house stuff to deal with uh, because it was an off day before traveling to Colorado. So uh, I'm taking the rest of the day off tomorrow to rest up so I don't, so I don't uh, 
infect everyone on my flight to to Denver. Yeah, you you got to be you got to be well uh, rested so that a you know a, a one or two day off doesn't turn into a DL stint. Exactly. See, I'm, it's like Albert Elmore. Yeah. You know, you don't want to you don't want to crap your pants on the field or something. Uh, that, makes, wanna... that makes it sound like that's what happened to him. <laughs> that's, the way you just said that makes it sound like, boy, you don't want to do what happened to Albert Almora. <laughs> no, sorry about that. Uh, basically meaning that uh, that's what players say whenever they have the, the, the stomach flu right. or whatever, <laughs> that they don't want to crap themselves. So I'll, I'll avoid the press box, crapping myself in the press box. Uh, but if you ever did, <laughs> folks... Sahadev would finish out the game. He is that committed. He'd be like, look, sorry, everyone, but I got a game to cover. Uh, Oh, man. All right. Well, I have a lot of editing to to do ahead of me since my audacity decided to to suck there for a while. But hopefully, I mean, it it went a straight 20 minutes without any issues right here. So we wrapped this up nicely. I had a nice little run of of no... uh, no technological issues. Well, at least it and, uh, yeah, covered the poop, the pooping part. So we're good. No, yeah, didn't yeah. Cut out the pooping we, part. No, no pooping issues and no non-recording of poop. So that's always good. Uh, I'm sure everybody will be quite happy about that. And uh, yeah, we're back. Oh uh, yeah, who are you? I'm Sahadev Sharma, and uh, you are Brett Taylor. And we do things. We write about the Cubs and baseball. Uh, I write for the Athletic, uh, Brett. You are at Bleacher Nation, correct? That's that's still the case. Still the, oh, still the address. The past night? Yeah, that's okay. still the URL. You can you can follow us at Bleacher Nation and at Sahadev Sharma on Twitter. Uh, check out both our sites. Uh, uh, you know, I guess the athletics changed quite a bit since uh, the last time we recorded. Oh, so yeah. it's uh, gotten you know, bigger and better every day. We're the big evil athletic <laughs> coming to steal your beat writer. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. Check us out. Check out our work and uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, hopefully, not the the. Hopefully, the editing on this one isn't too choppy, but we'll see how it goes. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Well, Mr. Burns had done it. The power plant had won it. With Roger Clemens clucking all the while. Mike Sosha's tragic illness made us smile. While Wade Boggs lay unconscious on the barroom tile We're talking softball From Maine to San Diego Talking softball Manningly and Canseco Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw Steve Sachs and his running with the law We're talking Homer Ozzy and the Straw Talking softball from Maine to San Diego. Talking softball, Mattingly and Canseco, Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw, Steve Sachs and his running with the law. We're talking Homer, Ozzy and the Straw.